Welcome to I Love That Record. We are back with another fantastic episode. It's me, Eric Jorgensen, and my pal, John Beckman. It's been a while, John. It has been. We've been living our lives. We have, and since we recorded last, I believe that you have some exciting news that you might want to share with the the podcast world, the thousands and thousands of listeners. The dozen listeners that we have, uh, my wife and I are now expecting. Oh, it's so exciting. And it's coming right around the corner, right? Yes, uh, February 8th. So we've got nine nine weeks, I believe, left. Fantastic. Well, congratulations officially here on the podcast. Thank and uh, what are you drinking tonight to prepare yourself both for the, the podcast that we're going to record and the uh, birth of your child? Oh, today I've got a new Belgium, a fantastic brewery. I've got a tangerine IPA Ooh, Citradelic. Nice. I've never had that one before. How is it? It's really good. I've had it. It's, uh usually comes in a sampler pack. New Belton sampler packs, they're always amazing, but uh, yeah, I got four of those and a, and a bad boy, so. Well, awesome. I am drinking uh, Windsor and Diet, and I have a LaCroix open as well, just to balance things out a little bit. As you are wont to do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. need a little bit of caffeine now that I'm old, and uh, my daughter is uh, six months, so she uh, is good at uh, keeping us awake sometimes, and uh, yeah, so it is so great to be here again. I'm so pumped tonight because we are talking about my pick this week is one of my favorite albums of all time i think i don't know where it is in my top time 100 top 10 but it's really high up there and the album is strange desire by bleachers yeah wonderful pick not a strange pick no not a strange pick at all and i i feel like as usual we have to give a little bit of background for people who might not have heard of bleachers or the album um because I feel an especially strong connection to this record because it was made by a guy named Jack Antonoff, who is becoming increasingly famous <laughs> for his work as a producer. He has done songs with Taylor Swift, Lord, uh, St. Vincent, all female, which is interesting. Um, he was also a member of the band Fun with Nate Roos. Uh, he was the guitar player and, and backup vocalist. And he was also the leader of the band Steel Train. Uh, a band that I go way back with as well, um, back to the college days. So it's just, it's actually really cool to see his career grow and blossom and all these different projects he's done and how successful he's become as a producer is really awesome because he's always obviously had talent. And John, you and I have a connection with Jack Antonoff that goes way back because you and I were together when I bought the Steel Train album Trampoline from Cheapo Records in St. Paul in college. I think it would have been like 2000 seven maybe but that's yeah. right. it was yeah towards the yeah in the later years of college but definitely yeah i mean it's it's forever ago now now that we're talking but uh great album i don't know if we'll ever make it to to that album but we might we might have to and so seal train is a great great band they made some great records and fun of course i i love and spoiler alert one of those records might get chosen at some point but tonight we are talking about strange desire um, by his project that he called Bleachers. So what is Bleachers? It's a side, it started as a side project while uh, Jack Antonoff was still touring with Fun. Um, they've been on hiatus since uh, they released um, and toured behind Some Nights, the album. But in his spare time on tour, he recorded this, uh, mostly like on tour buses and hotel rooms and such, and um, then decided to release it while Fun was on hiatus. And it, it kind of turned into a life of its own. Um, this record came out in July of 2014, and it's, I guess I would describe it as a, a kind of a love letter to John Hughes movies of the 80s in terms of sound. So I'm talking about movies like The Breakfast Club and um, 16 Candles and such with that strong synthy uh, 80s pop vibe. I mean, does that make sense? Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that, yeah. Definitely, okay. Yeah, definitely takes uh, inspiration from those. And I first heard the record, I think, right away uh, because I was familiar with Jack Antonoff. I follow his work pretty closely, so I probably just saw Fun tweeted out or something. Hey, there's this new thing coming out called Bleachers. Check it out. And I was hooked pretty much right away. But I'm curious, when did you first hear of Bleachers? If you can remember. I honestly don't remember the exact time. I, th- I think uh, I'm guessing you sent me a song or sent me a, a video of theirs. Um Probably would have been, I want to get better, right? Probably, was, yes. I think that was their first, first single, single. Yep. off the album. So 
I'm sure it was that. I'm sure you sent me a link, uh, YouTube link or, or Spotify link, whatever it was. But um, yeah, very catchy stuff. Instantly hooked. Um, it's hard not to. Yeah, it's hard not to air drum along and, and tap your foot. Uh, yeah, very, very catchy stuff. Totally. And just a random note, I realize this is totally out of place, but I'm going to throw it out there. The other thing that Jack Antonoff is known for is he dated both Scarlett Johansson and Aaliyah Shawkat from Arrested Development. Um, and also, he's dating currently Lena Dunham, creator uh, and star of the show Girls. So he's very accomplished. I actually tweeted about this um, recently. I don't know. Did you see that tweet? I don't know if you're on Twitter anymore. Uh, I think I still have an account active. I, I never go on it. But yeah, I was, I was trying to think of how I could work in his his former <laughs> well sorry uh, if i ruined it uh, i i oh, tweeted I that i couldn't think of a good segue to that so that that works jack antoff is 33 years old right so i turned 33 in less than 20 days which means that i don't have a lot of time to co-write and produce a bunch of songs for taylor swift lord saint vincent make two soul albums make a bunch of records with fun with steel train and win grammys of course and then date scarlett johansson so i'm really running out of time to achieve all the things um, on the list that jack antoff has achieved by his his age uh, yep. well, all of which is to say he's a very talented and interesting person, clearly, uh, because I, I just I look back at his output as a recording artist and it's just mind blowing. Um, and it seems like Bleachers is now the thing that he's focusing on, aside from his production for other artists, because um, he has just released a, a new record called Gone Now in the past few months. Right. I, I think it came out a few months ago. Um, it is great as well. But uh, again, tonight we're talking about Strange Desire. So. Was there anything else you want to say about the his project in general before we dive into the album itself? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just double checking the date on Gone Now. It was June second. Holy so. shit, man! Where does time go? Yeah. I might have to edit that out for iTunes. We don't have an explicit <laughs> tag on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> yes, wow! So it came out this summer. Um, great record. You should check that one out as well. But Strange Desire uh, for me has a special place in my heart. I think because. I feel like he was on the cutting edge when it came to this 80s influence, which has definitely come back into pop music strongly. I mean, you can hear it all over the radio. Um, synths are, are in. It's hard to get away from it now. It really is. It really is. Like everyone from Carly Rae Jepsen to even Taylor Swift herself, like there's much more of a, um, a callback to that, that era where you've got um, a lot of keyboards, uh, electronic drums, of, you know, very poppy still, but it's, it's just... I don't know. It's less dancey. It's it's more of that pop rock from the eighties. Um, I don't know enough about eighties music to really quote like specific bands. Like I never got into Duran Duran or or bands like that. But I've got to believe that that's kind of the sound or the Cure, for example. Um, I think that that's kind of the sound that that this this type of thing connotes, as well as that John Hughes movie soundtrack um, feel, which I mentioned. Yeah, I really wonder why that is. You know, kind of if you study, I don't know, cultural trends or trends throughout the years and music music whatever um really i don't know why that is why why that 80s sound is is coming back into popularity so, so i mean i guess it's just things come around in circles right and i actually i feel yeah. like 80s culture in general has kind yeah. of it kind of made a comeback and i mean i think now things have moved on more to the 90s but yet still the sound of the 80s remains i don't know it's a weird amalgamation of the two um I, it's it's a strange thing for sure and i think that jack antonoff on this record just perfectly executes something that feels so modern but yet is a throwback and is a callback to that that previous era i don't i I just always struggle to to describe these things on the spot i should maybe write it out more in advance but there's this bombast that he is known for with with these pop songs that just kind of hit you in the gut and they get these incredibly catchy choruses that just stick in your brain um and these little hooks that are all over the place and it's just such a fun record to listen to. Um, and it's, it's a record that you can totally listen to straight through. I think put on some headphones. Um, it's not super long. It's under 40 minutes. So it's easy to listen to in one sitting, which I, I try to do usually with this one, especially. And there've been many times where I put it on while falling asleep at night and just, I, I find this like warm cocoon within myself and it's just, <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> I probably sound yeah. like a weirdo now, but that's all right. No. And the songs that though are so, um, anthemic and uh propulsive is another word i yes yes. a lot of reviews uh about the about the album um so you wouldn't think it would be a good album to fall asleep to but i guess you know if you if you if you love it so much that yeah you do to use your words you find that little cocoon and there's just some comfort in listening to it there is and and i would say too that it's I'm not somebody who falls asleep very quickly, unlike you. 
<laughs> for those of you who don't personally know John Beckman, he is one of the most gifted sleepers I've ever met in my life. Um, Thank you. I, there was one particular time I'm going to deviate again. Cause I think it's so funny where we were supposed to hang out. This was back maybe like eight years ago oh, and God. I was going to go pick yes. you up at your, at your house where you lived at the time. And I showed up and I, I kept texting or calling, I think both. And you didn't answer. And I found out that you had fallen asleep sitting at your desk. <laughs> I was in my computer chair at the, yeah, at the computer, just waiting for you to, to show up and, uh, I think we, we talked or we were texting as you were leaving the house, but yeah, oh, yeah, in that, totally. That, in that 15 minutes, I, yep. Oh, and it wasn't particularly late as far as I No, I think it was probably like seven o'clock maybe. And so the point being, and relating back to this record, I don't think it'd be a good idea for you to put it on, uh, while you were laying in bed, because I think that you'd probably get two songs in and you'd fall asleep. Whereas again, I can spend maybe 40 minutes in bed and feel okay about it if I'm listening to this album. And I would yep. say too, that it's, because I'm, I'd be okay taking the 40 minutes by the time the whole album winds down, which we'll get to, and we'll talk about it. I'm sure. Um, it, it just, it closes the emotional journey so well with this quiet outro, um, and the bombast fades away and it's just, you're left with this really, really nice, um, little piano line at the end. So it's like a lot of the albums we've talked about, there is an ebb and a flow of emotion and feeling and and connecting themes that interweave through that I don't fully understand. <laughs> the first yeah. track is called Wild Heart, and uh, that just kind of weaves throughout the whole thing. Uh, by the second to last track, it comes back, which is called I'm Ready to Move On slash Wild Heart Reprise. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's awesome. <laughs> the melody kind of returns from that first song um, and comes back. So it is. It's it's a thematic album. It's anthemic. It's thematic. It's I, it's just outstanding in so many ways. Yeah, totally agree. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about the record generally. Uh, we talked about the sound. You know, it, it was his side project. It's now kind of turned into his full-time thing. He's toured behind it quite a bit. Um, I think I've seen him three times now doing bleachers. And uh, actually, for those of you who are in Minnesota, he is coming to Mystic Lake Casino in January. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you should check it out. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I was uh, just, just thinking about the... I guess I, I don't. I wouldn't call it a casino tour because I, I don't know if any if he's going to any other casinos. But, no, it's the um, only show in all of January that they're playing is at Mystic Lake right. Casino in Prior Lake, Minnesota. Yeah, it's amazing that Mystic Lake has become such a venue to see a relatively uh, current. Um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, relevant artists. Like I remember growing up, it was always if you were, you know. If, I guess it wasn't really you, but if your parents were going to a show at, at a casino, it was some washed up band on their, you know, third reunion tour or whatever. It was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And there still is that, but I feel like it's more, um, yeah, there's actually relevant, you know, country artists will be at mystic Lake or, you know, bleachers for as a perfect example. It's, right. And it, it's super weird still to me. I don't know why they wouldn't play in the twin yeah. cities, but uh, it's almost like, um, what I've told people when I've, I've talked about it is it almost seems like they got thrown a bunch of money. And for whatever reason, and they're just going to fly in and do it and fly out because, again, they're not touring anywhere else in that month. Um, maybe they'll add other dates, but it's either way, it's really odd. And uh, I really enjoyed the tweet from Mystic Lake <laughs> about it. Uh, it's, it's exactly as you would expect um, somebody at Mystic Lake Casino to be tweeting this <laughs> because you've got to believe that they have no idea who these people are. <laughs> uh, because it says bleachers music are coming to the mystic showroom uh, 118 see them bring to life hits like roller coaster and don't take the money <laughs> like it sounds like they could be any other cheesy radio artist or something but they're definitely not so <laughs> yeah so they are coming uh, to town in twin cities so uh if you have not seen them live i highly recommend checking them out it's an incredible live performance that definitely matches the feel of the record and takes it to a whole nother level yeah, where where was the what, what venue did we see them at? The Caboose. Caboose, yes. Yep, that's right. Good show. Yeah, so uh, with that, maybe we should talk about our picks on this record and kind of dig into the songs themselves. Um, sure. I think uh, maybe I start since uh, this is my pick and true to form, I have to go with Wild Heart for my pick number one, which is track number one. It is, as I mentioned, the. Uh, I guess it's the theme of the album kind of sort of because it kind of, you know, weaves its way throughout and he keeps referring to this uh, theme of, of wild heart. And I, I don't really know what it means. I guess just needing to wander and 
do great things or something and just not being contained. I have no idea, but it, it just kicks off the album with a nice little repeating synth line. And, and then just kind of launches into a just huge drum hit with a bunch of reverb on it and just launches you into the record, which I love. It's just great and super fun live too. So, yeah, I just I think this is a great song and it's a great, great first first track. This is not an album per our last conversation. This is not an album with a bad opening track that we've picked. We still haven't found one yet. Yeah, I don't I think if if we find an album with a bad opening track, I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be an album that we cover. Maybe not. Still, at some point, it'd be interesting. But yeah, it's not happened. So it's it's got all the things that we've talked about on this record. It's got that anth- anthemic feel. It's got the big drums. It's got the synths. It's got the the big guitars even too. Because one thing about Jack Antonoff is he's a fantastic guitar player who can really shred. Um, which you don't always hear a lot on some of his other projects. Like Fun was not really a guitar driven band, especially on Sub Nights. But in the song Sub Nights, you can hear in the background, especially near the end, he's doing this fun little riff. You know, in the, in the background. And it's it's awesome. And So he does a little bit of that on, on this album too, and I think the song has some cool guitar um, just in the background again. So yeah, that's my pick number one. Cool, cool. Pick number two is track number two. It is <laughs> Roller Coaster. Do I sense a pattern? Yes, I think you, you are definitely sensing a pattern. <laughs> um, it's another great track. Uh, it's it's a little bit more up-tempo throughout the whole thing. It's got just a driving beat. A propulsive would be a great word to use again. Um, I think you used that earlier. And it's I think it was the second single from the record, from what I remember. Um but it's it's just another fun pop song. I feel like I'm going to say that a lot when we talk about this album. Fun 80s influenced pop song where it's just got that driving beat. Crazy catchy chorus. I feel like the minute you you listen to it, you're going to be humming this thing for days, <laughs> uh, which is also a pattern, I think, with, with some of the songs on the record. Pick number three is not song number three on the album, but it is the first single from the record that we already talked about, and that is I Want to Get Better, which uh, is another earworm and a half. <laughs> it's somehow even catchier, I think, than... Um, roller coaster and i think it's because the song has such a unique hook to it and such a unique intro with this pounding uh piano riff and it just sticks with you and it's got this kind of shouted chorus
Um, and it's, it's kind of about his struggles with mental illness and anxiety and OCD. And he, his sister died when she was very young. I think she was 13 and that really affected Jack. He was 18, I think at the time. And I think this song from what I've read is about his, his dealing with this, all these struggles in his life and basically saying enough is enough. Like, I, I want to get better. I want to be better. I want to try to find positivity in my life and, and amidst all these negative things. And, and it's just, it's a freaking classic. Like it's, it's one of the best pop songs in the last 15 years. I think I know it's a bold statement, but I'm going to make it bold, but I, I would tend to agree with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it may or may not end up on your list of picks. May or may not. We'll find out in a couple of minutes. Here. <laughs> nice. So, uh, pick number three, Sorry. Yes. Pick number three. I'm only on three is no, sorry. I'm on four. Damn it. How many total picks do you have? Oh yeah. So I have, uh, I believe there's 11 songs on the, there are. Yeah. So if we go half rounded up, you've got six total and I've got six picks. Of course I do. (laughs) And as your wife, uh, so, um, pointed out so well, we, if we're going to pick out our favorite songs, we can't talk about every single song. Right. And I told her we don't. I mean, we have the rule. I mean, that comment was for your for your wife. Yeah. My my wife, Erica, has listened to the podcast, which is great. Thank you, honey. I love you. Um, It's awesome that she listens. But, you know, she gave me some feedback and she said, you know, it it sounds good. But you guys talk about too many songs. I said, well, that's kind of the point of the podcast. I mean, it's the way to dig into the album. Like, it's good to talk about the album as a whole, but the album is a collection of songs. So, you know, we want to talk about a bunch and put some clips out there. So sorry. It's our rule. Got to stick with it. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, my pick number four of six is like a river runs which um might be kind of a surprising pick maybe i don't know if it's um if it's going to be everybody else's pick when they hear the album but i uh i like this one because it's it's a little bit more low-key in some ways uh the tempo is a little bit slower it starts with some nice like pounding drums it's not like propulsive as much It's just a little bit slower pace. He, he kind of something we haven't talked about really is that he sings with different voices on the songs. I think I've seen multiple reviews mention this. And this is um, a song where he sings in kind of his lower register for a bit. And uh, it kind of builds slowly with the propulsive drums that I mentioned. And then it launches into an amazing anthemic chorus. which just nails you with these, I think it's snare hits with these big reverb uh, backing like effects on them. And I, I just love this like stadium rock feel, which is funny because I would never say that I like any 80s stadium rock whatsoever. But <laughs> when, when Jack Antonoff of Bleachers does it, I think it's amazing. And this is one of those songs that, you know, kind of, it surprises you because it starts out a little bit slower and with a little bit more of a, a, a quiet feel to it, I guess. So I think this is a great one with a, with a great chorus. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, number five of six, you're still a mystery, which immediately follows like a river runs on the record. And this one is just fun. Um, it's another more propulsive, like it's kind of more in the, the vein of roller coaster, I think with the tempo and, I, for whatever reason, I will forever think of you, John, with this song. And pretty much whenever I listen to it, I text you random lyrics from it. Um, <laughs> this is true. I can, I, I can confirm that. I have no idea why, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. And it's, it's, uh, it's got some weird, like, uh, fun samples at the beginning where he's, he's talking to himself. And I, I think actually I read that it was recordings that he made when he was talking to his therapist and the beginning part of the song is I want to be grateful for the experiences and you just hear this repeating a few times I want to be grateful for the experiences I want to be grateful for the experiences and then it launches into lyrics of the song Um, 
and and the chorus is it's just got this kind of I, I don't I assume it's a love song maybe for Lena Dunham because I think they were dating at the point uh, at that point and and maybe you know I think of it as a love song for you John because we've been friends for a long time now and uh it's we have a special friendship we do have a special friendship exactly and you know you're still a mystery despite all that despite all yeah. the time i've known yeah. known you it kind of ends with a fun, what would you call it in a song where you kind of bring it down a little bit, almost like the way shout is done at weddings, you know, in the song shout when everybody's getting a little bit softer now, a little bit softer now. Yeah. It's almost like that when he's singing someday, I'm going to make this right. Someday when the lights are low, someday I'm going to get on my knees someday, baby, I'm going to beg you. Eventually, it just launches back into one more time at the chorus, which is super fun and energizing and awesome. live it's even better um if you like this sort of thing because they drag it out into about a 10 minute version because um he takes the time to introduce each member of the band and they do a little solo um and they have a saxophone player so he'll do a little saxophone solo for the song which is really fun i'll probably include a link uh, to a youtube performance of them doing it live uh, so i think that that's another reason that i love this song is i love what they've done to it live and i know that we've talked about that on some previous records where hearing it live transforms your understanding of the song or just makes you look at it differently. And I think this could be, could be one of those. So I realize I haven't given you a chance to really share your thoughts on these songs, but maybe that will happen if some of these songs are in common, um, on your, on your list. For sure. Uh, spoiler alert. I think every song you've named so far is, is on my list. Oh, wow. Well, you'll have to share your thoughts then. And yeah, I'll, we'll I'll stop talking. Uh, <laughs> yep. Awesome. And, uh, my final pick of my favorite songs is the last song on the record, which I alluded to earlier is who I want you to love. Um, and this is definitely the slowest, quietest song on the album. And it's a perfect closer, um, especially while, you know, going to sleep. And it's a, a lot of these songs. I haven't talked a lot about lyrics because I think he writes lyrics in a way that is pretty opaque. Um, they're not always clear. I don't think, but it works. Like it, there's this feeling, even if I don't fully understand, you know what he's saying. There's this feeling that you get from the lyrics, and this is one of those. It, it almost reminds me of a Steel Train song, actually, from Trampoline. It kind of brings me back to that era. Um, it's like drifting off, and maybe that's why I like listen to this album before bed because this is that closing song. Um, there's just definitely a dreamy feel to it. I'm tired of replacing my dreams. Always twisting, always scream to follow down the strangest road in bad seats indoors and love what you want me to love. Oh, I will bleed when you want me to bleed, but I don't want to know too much of anything. Because it all hurts me
it just it makes me feel I just I can't even really describe it by the end of the song there's this sense of loss and longing I think um, as you hit this final fade out of all the instruments except piano and there's this little piano riff that plays and we'll put a clip in and it's such a perfect end to the record again it's it's longing it's lost but there's still like a little bit of hope to it i think and this idea of i want to get better which is a different song on the record we talked about it but it's it still somehow flows throughout the whole thing that it's all is not lost there is hope things do get better um, despite all the the shit that you might go through in your life. And I feel like the song just kind of sums that all up in feeling, maybe not in lyrics, but in feeling, um, I think. So it's it's definitely one of my favorites. I do, have a, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah, for sure. Did you hack into my computer or something? Uh, yes, I did. Steal all my notes. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just go through this song quick. So I'd, I'd have this on my list. I'll, I'll, I'll say where in a second. Okay. Uh, did I make any sense with what I was saying at all, though? I feel like I was just rambling like a maniac. So I hope you'll probably no, be think, more, you'll make more sense. No, I think you're good. So my, my, my quick notes are great closing track. Trails off with a great piano. And uh, trails off similarly to other records, last tracks that we've talked about. Sounds the most similar to Steel Train. <laughs> and his tone of singing uh, is, is yeah, so his tone of singing being the, the biggest tie to that, I think. Yes. And so you agree that he has a weird difference in how he sings throughout the songs on this album? Like sure. It's- and, and one of my overall notes for the album is he changes his tone constantly throughout the album. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, very, very cool. I, I love that we both got the same thing out of it. Um, Which I mean, it, I guess that it'd be pretty obvious to anyone listening. So I'm, I'm not saying it's it's um, I'm not a music critic and I'm oh, you're a goddamn genius, some, John. Some obscure thing out. Like obviously, you'd be able to tell that he changes his tone throughout the the album a lot. But sure, it's just funny. We I think we we touched on pretty much the same exact uh, notes of the songs that we picked. But that's awesome. No. I do have a difference in use, though. So Okay, well, do I do my honorable mention now? I can't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay, so I have one honorable mention, um, and it's really hard. It was hard to pick favorites on this record because pretty much every song is a winner, in my opinion. Um, but I had to pick I'm Ready to Move On uh, slash Wild Heart Reprise, not just because it's a great song, which I do think it is, but also because Yoko Ono was on it. <laughs> Yoko Ono, who was married to John Lennon until his untimely demise, is on the song somehow. And I think I read that she was, I don't know how Jack connected with her, but there was some type of connection that came up and she basically came into a studio somewhere and just sang a bunch of gibberish, <laughs> uh, which it, it does kind of sound like gibberish on the song. Um, As she is wanting to do. Yeah, exactly. Cause she's an avant-garde artist always has been. Um, and I've, I've got to pull up the lyrics here because it's just, so odd oh yeah snow is falling all the time snow is smiling all the time (laughs) i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready to move on um which connects back to this theme of loss and trying to move on in life and and get past it but the snow is smiling all the time i i don't know how snow smiles we live in minnesota it's like five degrees outside snow is definitely not smiling right now but yoko came up with that somehow and it's actually it works i think so that's that's my honorable mention you'll have to put a little clip of her of her singing slash oh i totally will uh, talking that snow is falling all the time 
Snow was smiling all the time, John. <laughs> and uh, then I guess my least favorite, right? I have to pick, or if I have any, I should, I should caveat that, right? Um, so, I, yeah. I would pick Take Me Away. Uh, it is the only song, I think, on the album that just doesn't do a lot for me. It's really minor key. I think that's one of the big reasons. Um, it just doesn't, yeah, not a big fan. I don't skip it. I listen to it because I listen to the record all the way through, but it's not a song that I will ever go pick out and say, yeah, I want to listen to take me away. Cause that would be great right now. So that's my, my least favorite song. So John, what do you got? Um, okay. So you did six songs plus an honorable mention. Yes. That's a lot of songs, Erica. Yes. <laughs> Erica. Yeah. You're going to be in the doghouse here. She listens to this. Um, so I've got five songs and an honorable mention. Okay. So my five are in your six, and my honorable mention is different. So okay, there is that. So right. um, let's go through one by one here. My top one was Roller Coaster. Okay. Um, oh, would you say that these are in order? Because often we don't necessarily do that. Um, let's see. Yeah, I would say when I made out this list, it, it was in order. So whatever awesome. that's, I'm okay. sure it's it's fluid. But so my notes on the song are uh, very anthemic. We've used that word a lot, um, and then propulsive because I saw that in a bunch of reviews, and I think that's that's a very uh, very good description of the song. Um, I really like the build at the beginning, and then you get the instant payoff at the uh, 15 second mark. Maybe. Yeah, there's a nice little snare roll there. That's cool. That yep. launches you in sure. totally. Yep. Um, and I'm not a huge Springsteen fan, but I did see in a couple of reviews they mentioned uh, this song being, um, you get a little hints of Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess that. I could hear that. That makes sense. Yeah. And Jack Antonoff is from New Jersey, which is where Bruce Springsteen is from as well. But yeah, just a really fun song to listen to, um, as, as a lot of these are. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to read. Uh, sorry, I'm just reading through my quick notes here. Maybe you can take this part out. Um, yeah, so one, uh, so a quote I saw from, a, I just pulled a quote directly because I think this this really sums it up. Uh, Roller Coaster is probably the first one to make it onto my play, playlist for that exact reason, it being so fun to listen to. Um, it's playful, innocent, and probably the ideal song for any summer road trip. Totally. That's a great I think way like to I noted before, it, it, it's kind of impossible not to, at least tap your foot to or just air drum or whatever along to it. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say my top pick when I was making my, my list out. Okay. Uh, number two, we jump to the end. Uh, I put who I want to love. Nice. Number two. Um, and as I just, I, I actually did read off my notes, uh, great closing track. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of harkens back to his steel train days, uh, which I'm very fond of. So I really, really like that aspect of it. Um, and you, you summed up that song pretty well. So I'll just skip on number three. It's a warm blanket to fall asleep to. I could fall asleep to. Yep. Even though I fell asleep eight songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. You would have fallen asleep a lot, a lot earlier for sure. My feet up on a, uh, heater. (laughs) Is that what it was in your Ireland hall room? Probably. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, like a river runs. I have his number three. Ooh. Yeah. What do you like about this song? Uh, I think this one sounds the most fun-esque. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I could hear that. And I can't, I can't remember. I didn't, I didn't go through all the fun songs to figure out which one it is. But the drumbeat at the beginning yes, sounds definitely. exactly like a fun song. And I can't put my finger on it. But I'll have to take the time and, and go through there. Unless you can think of it off the top of your head. But I, cannot, I can't, I can't I remember think. what song it is. But it sounds so much like a fun song. Like the beginning of a fun song. So. That's, uh, yeah, I really like that aspect. Um, he definitely does the different uh, tones of voice in this song. Yep. So he does his low, th- his low one. I think you mentioned that. He does his low one through the first like minute and a half. Then it continues to build up over the next 10 seconds and then keeps crescendoing. Um, and I think this one is very much about his uh, sister, by the way. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I would I would think because um, the chorus is when I fall asleep, I can see your face. What I lost in you, yep. I will not replace. And I could run away. I could let them down. But I will remember your light. 
which is pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome lyric. Um, yeah, it keeps, keeps uh, building, building, building up until, uh, I guess, the first musical moment. I, oh, I guess I did mention other musical moments, but um, really good musical moment. This one is at the 209 mark. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it's kind of at the height of all the crescendoing. Um, and there's some great backing vocals slash kind of harmonies, I guess, but these... Uh, these kind of soaring backing vocals. And oh yeah, that is good. I'm listening to it right now on my yeah. headphones. Oh, yeah. that sounds nice. Yeah, so we'll put a sample in for our listeners. Oh yeah. I, I wish I would have called out better some of the musical moments in other songs. Um, I did not make as good of notes to them, but I will definitely put in the "Who I Want You to Love" piano outro. But yeah, yeah, I think I need to do a better job of that too as we go along. But I forgive you. Know, I've got a couple of them for some other records we might talk about. I mean, I don't know why you're still a mystery, John. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, hey, that's a good segue because my number four song, "You're Still a Mystery," and you've chosen it solely because I always text you lines from it. That is a very good reason, yes. Uh, I think you summed this one up really well. Um, I guess the one note that I want to ask, or ask, the one the one note I want to make is, uh, I did look up to see if it was actually sampled for this song. I couldn't find any confirmation of that, but I get a lot of hints of the song Lola by the Kinks. Oh, Sure. I forget the exact lyric, but he's like, da, 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 da. It, it just sounds exactly like Lola. It sounds like he's saying Lola, and huh. it's kind of the, it's the, that rhythm, beat, whatever, but um, I couldn't find any confirmation that it was actually sampled for it, but it sure sounds like it. So, oh, okay. Hey, if you're a fan of that song, you might be a fan of this song. Yeah, I never would have thought about that. Good catch. It did come out in 1970, but anyway. Well, it wouldn't be a, a first. Well, I guess it would be first because it came before. But I'll finish my thought. Um, for those who are not aware, uh, the Taylor Swift song, Look What You Made Me Do, specifically credits Right Said Fred uh, yes. for the writing of I'm Too Sexy. And I, that song, for those who don't know, was co-produced and co-written by Jack Antonoff. So Jack Antonoff worked with Taylor Swift on that song. Um, I've I've wondered if they intentionally lifted it from I'm Too Sexy, or if after doing the song they realized, oh, that sounds a lot like that. We probably need to give them a credit so that we don't get sued into oblivion. I don't know. Whichever way, you know, it, it's, it does happen for sure either way. Um, so it's very possible this was intended to be a tribute to, to Lola, as you mentioned. I don't know. Uh, my number five, and I guess my last top song is I Want to Get Better. Okay, yes. Um, you can't not pick it, right? Exactly. Just can't. Um, again, just driving song. Uh, really fun to listen to. Can't help but air drum to it. That's, those are my simple notes. I think you summed up the um, the meaning behind it and, and all that. So, um, yeah, those are my top five songs. And my honorable mention, I've got one, is Reckless Love. Oh, yeah. So one I did not pick. Cool. Yeah. So I really like the he does kind of these self harmonies. I think I, I I think it's him at, at least. He he layers um, his own vocals, um, just kind of a really cool effect. So and it, and it, sh- it helps show off his range and his different um, different tones that he sings with. So um, is this the part in the middle of the song where he's saying "Get out, stand back, you're gonna break me"? That part or a different part in the song? That part and then even right I think right at the beginning, right right when he starts singing. Um, he's a bad disguise. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He's got two. Yep. He's got two, two vocals there. Um, and I want to get your take. I, I did see in one review that, um, that I was reading, they said this, this song was the one that sounded most like fun, but I guess I don't really get that from this song. I think it's but hard for me to hear that because he, he and Nate Roos have such different singing styles and Correct. to yeah. me fun is so defined by Nate's voice because it's such a yep. unique voice. 
and Jack has a very different singing voice. It's a good voice that he can again manipulate and do different things with. Um, whereas Nate is more just like Nate does what Nate does. So I, I guess maybe the song structure, I could hear that. Yeah, I guess I could hear this. This could have fit in. Um, okay. On, on some nights probably. Yeah. Cool. So my last note is, uh, a musical moment at the 32nd mark. Oh, for reckless love. Yes. And what, what about it makes it a musical moment for you? Honestly, I would have to listen to it again because I, all I wrote down was 30 seconds. I can't sure. remember exactly what it is. but uh, I think it's the way that the chorus kicks in probably. Yes. Here, let me let me bring it up. Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah. So it's uh, – he's got his low tone throughout that the, – the preceding like 5, 10 seconds. And then it's that higher tone that, that, um, that layers with it. Oh, way, sure, yeah. The way, the way that comes in. Um, yeah, always gets me. So very cool. Um, yeah, so those are my top ones. Oh, my least favorite. I do have one least favorite, and funny enough, it's the <laughs> reason that you that you mentioned, you know, which one I'm bound to pick. Well, obviously, Don't. it's going to be Wild Heart. No, I'm just kidding. It's got to be I'm ready to move on slash wild heart reprise. Yeah, I just can't get into the Yoko part. And the rest of the song is is pretty good. But John, it, just it accept just, that snow so, is smiling all the time. It's just so random to be to try to be random. And maybe that's I mean, that's who she is. But whatever. Yeah. I just can't get into it. So, OK. All right. I respect that. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I figured I was, I'm not surprised by that pick. Snow is falling all the time. Snow is smiling all the time. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. But like you said, the overall song you're okay with, it's, it's her contribution that just doesn't do it for you, which I understand. I do. I yeah. promise. But if I had to pick least favorite, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be the, the clear front runner there. It's okay. Hard to pick one. Well, fair enough. Well, so those are our picks. Um, I, I know that I had one thing that I want to throw out before we get to any other cl- closing thoughts, and um, th- it's the fact that Jack Antonoff did something I, w- I think is pretty cool. Um, in, I think, 2015, he released a version of this record that had the vocals swapped out and actually were different versions of the songs done by female artists called terrible thrills volume two. Um, reason being there was a terrible thrills volume one, which was a remake of a steel train record. So terrible thrills volume two is a remake of strange desire. And so all the songs are redone by female artists, as I mentioned. So you have Sarah Bareilles on there. You have Natalie Maines from the Dixie chicks. Uh, Sia is on it. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen does a version of shadow, which is song number three. It's, it's totally different, but in my opinion, really awesome. Um, uh, Jack Antonoff, as I mentioned, often works with female artists. He says he kind of, when he writes songs, he, he kind of writes them almost in a higher register. So um, it just made sense to him, I think, to have female artists do these songs. And I don't know what you think of the, the record, but I think it's pretty cool and worth listening to. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I've only listened to a few of the songs. I don't, I don't think I've listened to it all the way through. Um, I do really like the Sarah Bareilles one. Cause oh, I'm yeah, huge, that's good. Huge fan of hers, but, it's uh, totally a different tone. It's much... Um, yes. It does not build as much. It's more of a restrained feel, I think, which is pretty cool. Yes. So that is available on Spotify. Um, the Strange Desire, of course, is as well. But uh, if you look for Terrible Thrills Volume 2, you will see it there. And uh, I think you should probably check it out. It's a cool project. And I, just to make it clear, too, it's not just that female vocals were put over the same instruments. In most cases, the versions of the songs themselves are very different. They may incorporate some elements. Like I'm, I'm assuming that Jack Antonoff gave them um, some some tracks, you know, and here's a starting point, here's some drums or whatever. Um, and then in some cases, they just took it and did something totally different with it. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any other closing thoughts on the record? I don't think so, buddy. Awesome. Well, I I cannot recommend this one enough. Um, it's it's definitely one of my favorite records of all time, as I mentioned. And it's, I, I mean, I almost don't want to say it because it sounds so freaking cheesy, but I I really do think that this record changed my life. It's 
it's stuck with me ever since I first heard it. Um, I, I've played bleachers so much for my daughter. She's only six months old. Um, she loves the song. Take, don't take the money, which is not on this one. It's on a different one, but, um, we play the stuff for her a lot. Um, I play it for pretty much everyone I meet. And, uh, I've, I'd like to think that I've turned a few people into bleachers fans and just something about Jack's message of, of acceptance for the things that, you know, you don't like about yourself, but then also that hope for the future of being better. It's just, it really resonates with me. And I think he's an incredible artist and it's just awesome to see him become so successful. So that's, that's about all I got, John. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. And Sounds like we'll, a good end of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later.